Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello from the future. This is Brandon, the host and creator of Monster Eight the Pilot. You're getting this odd introduction due to the fact that Brandon used to have music on the podcast, and uh, that day finally came, and I'm starting to get episodes struck down. So I'm going through and getting all the music remo- removed. So you're getting this fun introduction to go over any time I had music playing at the beginning of the show. Um, if I'm not able to cut around it, like sometimes I talk over the music, so that's why this is here. Uh, yeah, so if there are references to songs or I seem to be talking about a song, I'm like, hey, I've got these three songs later. You know, look in the description of what they were. They will be cut out. I am working on it. It will take some time. Hopefully I don't get the ban while working on this stuff because a lot of these episodes are in the archives. And getting them out of the archives takes like 12 hours. But other than that, enjoy the show. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, I kind of fucked up by not knowing... Uh, but not understanding what I was reading when saying that Spotify Anchor allowed music on the podcast. I misunderstood what that meant. Anyways, yeah, it sucks, but we all get through it together. Enjoy the episode. It's the best episode ever. This is, Whatever episode this is on, it's the best episode ever. So listen, like, share, subscribe, support, all the fun stuff. Thank you. Friends and neighbors, welcome to Monster 8 the Pilot, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is Sunday night, so it's time for three songs of the week. It's time for the other ramblings going on in this deranged mind of mine. It's going to be a good time. I've got a little bit of sports talk, got some film talk, got uh, nothing else to really talk. I don't have a whole lot going on. I got sick last week. It was great, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, but if it's your first time tuning in, thank you. If it's your second time, welcome back. Or I didn't say that right. I say that a certain way, don't I? I think I do. Whatever. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, spread the good word. Let anybody you know who would like might like this podcast, let them know. We just passed a thousand listeners, guys. A thousand people. Or at least, maybe not a thousand people. It's been a thousand listens. That means if you've listened to the ep- uh, the podcast 500 times, you're, you account for 500 listens. So, yeah, good for you. Uh, yeah, so past a thousand. So, so that's really cool. Thank you so much. Um, keep growing. Keep changing or whatever you keep getting better staying positive doing all the fun stuff that we keep doing here i've got a springsteen song of the week lined up i didn't have one about an hour ago and i popped in the car uh, i had to go somewhere real quick and uh i forgot my phone in the house so you know i didn't have my phone to play so i just turned on the radio and i was flipping through and one of springsteen songs came on i was like oh man sign from god man sign from god himself and god is springsteen so you know I don't know, whatever, man. <laughs> I got the desk built. Um, it's pretty nice. It works out. It works exactly the way I want it to, except, Jesus, I have so much shit. It's ridiculous. All these, I got so many cords. It's just, cords are everywhere. Every time I move something, 17 things have to fall over because they're wrapped up in cords somehow. And I came in with my headphones, put them down for a second, and went to pull them up, and somehow they got wrapped up in three different cords. I'm like, you were here for seven seconds. How'd you get wrapped up? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I'm once again holding the microphone tonight, not because the other one's being squeaky, but just because I just feel lazy and I didn't unplug it. And I'm hoping the volume's all right, because I've, I've had to move the soundboard a couple different times, and I think I turned some stuff down or moved some stuff around. So hopefully the sound is all right. Justin will probably let me know. It sounds like a garbage. All the hard work he's done is going to be for nothing. Yeah, it's going to be one of those nights. I know last week I pulled like an hour and a half out of my ass. I don't think I'm pulling an hour and a half out of my ass tonight, man. I do have three really good songs. No theme this week, but hey, we're just having a good time. I know it's uh, it's it's getting dark. It's, it's Actually, it's already it's been getting dark. It's very dark now. It's already like uh, it's it's nighttime. It's almost December, man. And uh, I think that reflects a couple of the songs I picked. It's getting to that time where you reflect on a lot of things. You reflect on the year that was. You reflect on your life, man. Every time the year gets to the end, you don't just reflect on 2022. You reflect on your life from, like, the time you're born to 2022. Did you make right decisions? No, man. Nobody ever made any right decisions ever. In the history of the world, no right decision has ever been made. I think that's my that's my theory. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, Coke Zero saved me. Not the sponsor. Anchor's the sponsor. Thank you for that. And like I said, I'm available anywhere podcasts are available. Except for YouTube. And that's mostly for music reasons. Oh my god. I've got so many empty boxes around this place right now. It's driving me up the freaking wall. So many empty boxes. I've gotten so much stuff in the past week. I got another box in the basement right now. I still got to open up 
Um, I, <laughs> I got bored at work. And I was like, hey, I bought a tablet for work stuff, and I'm, you know, I'm working on it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, what else? I don't got nothing else. So I just spent $300. You know, just, just like a normal person, I'm just going to spend $300. I bought, uh, I bought two books. I bought, or yeah, I bought two books. The Iliad and the Odyssey was like combined into one book. <laughs> then I bought Post-Homerica, which is basically the end of the Trojan War. I never knew, actually, that the Trojan horse and all that from the Trojan War was not in... The Iliad. It's not. It's actually in post-America. Like, the Trojan horse part of it. Yeah, because the Iliad ends with Hector's death. And post-America is where the Trojan horse stuff happens. And obviously the Odyssey is... Oh, I forgot his name earlier. I remembered. Then I forgot again. It's not Perseus. Perseus is the guy who steals Helena Troy. That babe. The all-time babe, I believe. I mean, you gotta think. In terms of all-time babes, Helena Troy's gotta be number one. I mean, like... 5,000, no, it's not 5,000 years ago. Let's see, this is probably, what, 3,000? 3,000 years ago? Maybe even longer than that, a little bit? This chick started, you know, got with some, you know, went off and a whole war was started that we don't even have a written, true written record of, except well after the fact. But they still talk about how beautiful she was. That was the only thing that survived. None of the written record of, like, Helen of Troy was like, nah, this babe was so hot, we started a war that we talk about 3,000 years later all the time and is referenced all the time. We have parts of our bodies named after this war, like the Achilles tendon, like Achilles. It's crazy. Man, I don't even know what I'm talking about. What am I talking about, guys? Oh, that's right, the Odyssey. <laughs> uh, so I got on a sidetrack about how... Oh, I'm typing into the wrong keyboard. I bought myself a second keyboard. Why? So I can work on my... Um, the, uh, the, 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 whatchamacallit, the monitor I have works a little bit better. Which one is, what, Odysseus, there we go. Odyssey, Odysseus, why did I forget that? I think I said the same thing earlier when I forgot and I remembered. I go, it's Odysseus, because it's the Odyssey. Then I forgot it again. That's the part of my brain, man. Like, it's just like, it's billion miles an hour all the time, and it never just slows itself down. That's my problems a lot of times, it just never slows down. I remember faces, I remember names, I remember... So many weird little events, but de it's like so many little things that I got to do day to day just slip my mind because my mind just won't slow down and focus on it for a little bit. But whatever. Excuse me. Uh, let's jump into the Springsteen song of the week. It is early. We'll do that. We'll talk about uh, life uh, a little bit. I think we're going to do this. So we'll do some sports, and then we'll talk about life and kind of whatever else is going on. We got some decent stuff, I guess, to talk about. I don't know, man. Um, come on. Where are we at? I keep typing into the wrong one because I'm a dum-dum. Oh, oh, my God. There we go. Mm. Oh, this is off the river. The River, which sometimes is my second favorite Springsteen record, which I think I name every time I name anything not named Born to Run, I always say it's my second favorite Springsteen record. This is off the River 1980, which is such a fantastic, fantastic. This is one of like Bruce's earliest like poppy songs, but it's like it's great. The lyrics are you know misleading. The the sound of the song is misleading to, or uh, yeah, the sound of the song is misleading to what the lyrics are talking about. It's pretty. Pretty freaking good. This is Hungry Heart from the River Man. <laughs> in his early days, he liked to dance around with some metaphors and stuff like that way back in the day. Then he got a little bit more poignant and stuff like that, especially like the uh, Nebraska into Born in the USA and stuff like that. I guess it kind of really starts on the river. Oh, but great track. Great track by Bruce. I love uh, Federici there on the organ having a grand old time. You got that little bit of Clarence in the background. I always forget that this song was actually supposed to be written for the Ramones. The Ramones asked Bruce to write a song for him, and he wrote Hungry Heart, and then he decided not to give it to him. Or like John Landau basically said, hey, don't, yeah, keep that one, keep that one, because, you know, he'd given away Blinded by the Light, Because of the Night, Fire, you know, with the, uh, yeah, and I think a couple other songs. Maybe not by then, I think he gave some songs away afterwards. Um, yeah, but it was, yeah, I'm glad he kept it. It has a nice little, like I said, that first verse, let me find it again. I had it freaking written down. Yeah, I got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. I went for, out for a ride and I never went back. What a shithead, man. Banning those kids. But he's got a hungry heart, man. He can't help it. He can't help it. 
then that second verse is all about guy meets chick in a bar, and then it falls apart, and he's back in that same exact bar. It's pretty depressing. <laughs> oh, man, I do love that song. Like I said, it popped on the radio. I was like, oh, I do love some Hungry Heart. I used to not care for it just because it was so upbeat. and it was a, Not so much that it, was like, it seemed like a happy song or something like that. It was just, I don't know, it just, it was very poppy, I guess. It's the same thing with Born in the USA. Like, I used to not be as in love with Born in the USA as I am now. Not the song, but the record in general, because of the sound. Because it's so 80s, it's very poppy, it's very, a little bit more tuned to the radio at the time, I guess. And that was like a conscious effort by its producers to say, we need to make Bruce the biggest fucking star in music. And that's what they kind of did with Born in the USA. Yeah, Hungry Heart's kind of in that same vein there, man. But yeah, great song. Great song. The Bruce Springsteen uh, song of the week. <sighs> I know, I know, I understand. It's ridiculous. Um, it was a good time. Uh, whatever, man. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be a fun little night. It's not going to be a very long episode, I don't think. Um, I... I don't think I started taking notes the other day. Like, it was what cracks me up, man. How my mind will let little things slip all the time. Um, I had the theme, epi- the theme music thing last week with the the female power country radio stars from the mid '90s or whatever. And that whole week, I kept hearing songs that I hadn't put on the songs of the week. I'm like, needs to be on there. And I'm like, okay, I can add this one. I can add this one. I can add, I had like nine or ten of them lined up. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I keep forgetting I had the theme week, so it could be the week after. Then I'm coming, I'm like, oh yeah, what's those songs again? And I I remembered one of them. One of them came to mind. Actually, no, two of them. I do. I take that back. Two of them, one I started listening to probably, it was like, oh, when's this song going to get added? Because there's so many songs that got to go on there now. Made me think about going back to five, but nah. Then the whole episode is basically me just listening to music. And <laughs> you just listening to me listen to music. <laughs> uh, Whatever, man. Uh, oh, man. I got sick last week. That sucked. I had to miss uh, Thanksgiving with the family. I hope everybody else enjoyed theirs. They got to see family or friends or whatever you got to do. I had to miss mine. I, it was like Monday. I put together the desk, and I felt good, and I go to bed. And like two hours later, I woke up, and I'm like, oh, my stomach's going nuts. And then I think I went back to sleep, and about an hour later I woke up again. I'm like, I'm going to throw up. And I went through up, and I woke up again probably like three hours later, and my stomach was just I thought maybe it's like one of those, oh, maybe I ate something that didn't sit well with me or something like that. And, um, like, you know, now that I puked, I'll be fine. You know, sometimes that happens where you just eat something that doesn't sit well with you, you get rid of it, and then you're like, okay, I feel better now. Now I woke up like five, six in the morning. I'm like, nope, I feel even worse now. <laughs> I was down for like a day or two, had to miss a little bit of work, and then I was like, oh. So, like, I just, uh, Thursday I felt good. It was just, I really didn't want to go down and maybe still have something and expose somebody to it. I didn't know who was going to be there. Like I said, my niece Ryan just had a baby, so I didn't know if she would be there or not. And I'm like, I don't want to expose a baby to being sick already. And, I mean, for the love of God, they just puke all the, they puke and poop all the time, man. The two peas. That's what babies are for, the two peas, man. PP. <laughs> I'm a seven-year-old. Oh, jeez. I'm funny. Oh, but it is getting cold outside, man. Like it, keep waiting for it, you know, because like in the past few years, it always feels like around this time we'll have that random week where it's seventy degrees and you still have to like almost turn your air conditioner on. <laughs> but yeah, not happening right now. It's fucking still cold. Ah, uh, but let's jump into some sports talk. Don't have a whole lot of that, but I do have a special thing to talk about. Um. I hate these wires. There's so many freaking wires in this room. It's driving me up the wall. Um, Boston, the Boston Bruins are 12-0-0. and and They have yet to drop any points at home this season. First time in NHL history, 12-0-0. What a man. What a... We're, we're going to... I don't know if we'll lose at home all year. We're not going to lose a fucking game at home all year, man. <laughs> we're going to run the Stanley Cup Finals no freaking problem. I don't know about that. Still pretty early days. Uh, but the big congratulations of the weeks besides that. Patrice Bergeron, 1,000 points. What a freaking guy that guy is. One of my favorite human beings ever. A true captain. Ah, oh, man, love that guy. Absolutely adore that guy. 
So good for him. 1,000 points on the same week that I get 1,000 listeners. That's a sign from God that we're best friends. I need to I need to get his number. Somebody give me Patrice Bergeron's number. We're going to be best friends for the rest of our lives. He's going to name his kids after me. If I have a son, I'll name him Patrice. I don't give a shit. I'll do it. I'll do it. Patrice Bergeron Monovan. Doesn't roll with the tongue, but it's apt because he's a great man. A great man. Not just a great man, a wonderful man. A true, true hero of mine. <laughs> no, that's awesome. All of them with the Bruins. He's been around for 15 years now. Oh, fuck, almost 20 years. I think he's like 2006. Maybe even earlier than that. I have to look it up. Second round pick. Now the captain after Big Z's leaving. Ah, oh, good man. That's awesome. And uh, I like that. I like the celebration when he got it. I ended up having to miss it because I kind of, you know, I don't watch too much regular season hockey. I know I catch games here and there. And I came home like, oh, man, it was the night I had to build the uh, the desk. It was last Monday. It's like, oh, cool. The Bruins are on against the Panthers. Not the Panthers, the Lightning. So I put the game on, started working on it. And they go into the intermission between the second and third, and they start talking about Bergeron's 1,000th point. So I had just missed it. I had just missed it. But I like the celebration. Marshawn immediately knows what happens and points right at him. And the whole team comes out and celebrates with him. The only downside was uh, they didn't do it at home because, God, what a guy. I think he's the fourth Bruin in history. Yeah, he's. I think he's the fourth Bruin in history to have 1,000 points with the team. So... What yeah, what a guy. Congratulations, Bergie. You deserve it. You deserve it. Uh, I remember him I remember when he got his finger bit in that Stanley Cup finals against the Canucks all them years ago. Oh. That was that was so frustrating. It was. I remember that because it was obvious he got bit in the finger. The refs did nothing then. The league does nothing about another player biting another player. Then that guy, Alexander Burroughs, the piece of garbage, scores the game winner in game two, and we go down 2 nothing. And if anybody who knows that series knows, obviously we come back and win it, but how good the Canucks were that year. They were outstanding, and they basically give them an added advantage of not taking, like, getting rid of a player who should have been suspended. It was just like, ugh, and to lose the first two, because we lost the first two. We lost uh, game one. Canucks score. I think it was one one zero. I think it was one zero. We lost goal. I think like seventeen seconds left. If I'm thinking right, Rafi Torres scored that, and he was a piece of garbage. And then we lost game two in overtime, two one. Burroughs scored in overtime to win that one. Then game three was the eight to two slaughter where we beat. We didn't just beat them on the ice. We beat the shit out of them. Like there was so many penalties. Like just. Fights everywhere. It was wonderful. I watched that game back sometimes. It's it's just beautiful hockey. Beautiful hockey. Just one team just beating the tar out of the other one. Then I think game four was like 4 nothing. Then we went back for game five. And let's see. I want to say that was a... That was 2-1. And then I think it was 4-1 back in Boston. Then it was 4 nothing in game seven. Tim Thomas was insane that year. He was just oh, he was it was beautiful, beautiful. Timmy Thomas, oh yeah, no, hope he's doing well. I know he had a lot of concussion issues, and like you know, I think he's kind of I don't know if he has early onset Alzheimer's or something like that, but I know like he's having a, he's had a lot of trouble like with just motor skills and stuff like that in the past couple of years. That's why you've never really heard of him or not really heard from him for years. I know it kind of came out last year like how bad off he had been. Um. Yeah, so you know, hope he's doing well. Hope a lot of people are out there doing well because, like I said, it's getting cold out. It's getting, you know, dark earlier. It's that time of year where everything's about family. And I know some people um, either don't have great relationships with their family, never had a great relationship, or just don't have families or something like that to really attach themselves to, so they get to feel alone and all that. So hopefully you're doing well. If you're not, man, reach out. Reach out to somebody who can help you. Reach out to a therapist. Reach out to a hotline. Reach out to me. Reach out to anybody you think can help. Man, I don't care to come and just hang out. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? You know, if I have the time, I'll do it. I don't I don't I don't have any problems doing that for you. Like I said, my I talked about it last week. My goal was to always be the best person I can be every situation. And I hope you try to do the same because if we're both trying to do that, we create the best situation for both of both of us to thrive. 
So, you know, if you're having troubles out there, reach out. Reach out to whoever can help, man. Because uh, I know this time of year is rough. I remember the first time I started feeling, I had my first feelings of depression when I had them. I'm like, what the hell is this? I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. Let's see. I was in seventh grade. So I think I'm 13. Yeah, I'd been 13 by then. And I just remember just one day, I was depressed. It just, I don't even know what happened. It was just like in the middle of the day, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm really sad about something. And I don't know what it is. I'm just really, and eventually kind of, I don't know what to do with this. And then I never talked to anybody about it. And eventually became being numb. And then that became Brandon not giving a shit about nothing for a very long time. And now I'm, you know, I, I, I still struggle with depression. I think. I'm not the only one, obviously. I think a lot of anybody who probably listens to this podcast probably can identify with feelings of depression. But yeah, it's like, you know, I remember that. It was, uh, I almost remember that. It was like this. And it was December. It was before Christmas. I can't remember. I think it was like right after school let out for winter break. Maybe like the day or first, second day. It was weird. I kind of remember the exact I think it was the 21st of December. I think I actually remember the exact date. That's weird. Very weird. Remember, because I just tried to make myself happy by watching uh, The Two Towers by Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it wasn't working. I don't know what's going on. I, that was so weird. Like I said, I don't know where it came from. I think it's a family thing. Because like I said, I didn't have like a bad childhood. My family was awesome. They were supportive. I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to think. You know, I got, you know, my dad hit me or, you know, something like that. It's like, yeah, when I did stupid shit, my dad might spank me, but it never crossed the line. He never, like, whipped out, like, a like a rod, a metal rod, and beat me to tar and locked me in a basement or something like that. That never happened to me. Hopefully it never happened to you. But, yeah, like I said, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know where that came from, but I know it's that time of year... It happens to a lot of people, so hopefully you're not going through that, or if you are, you have the proper support system to get through it. Because I think, you know, we all need to get through it, man. It's a better place with you here. Whoever you are, it's a better place. Unless you're a pedophile, then it's not a better place with you here. It's actually a much worse place with you. So I don't know, I'm not telling you to do whatever, but I'm just saying fix that shit too. How about you figure that shit out? Because you're not helping nobody. Uh... Oh, God, what a what a great guy I am, right? Making a stand. Uh, pat myself on the back. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, dude. Yeah, man, like I said, this wintertime is just odd. I, I like a lot. I, I don't like the cold. I like the snow. When it snows out, I like winter the most of any season when it snows. When, I'm talking like real snow. Whenever you're like, you know what? I am not going out because I can't go out because like my door is snowed in, or you know, I'm not getting on the the freeway with this or whatever. That's the best time. That's the only time I like the snow or I like the cold. When it's like this type, of, I think this is the toughest part. Like basically that mid-November to probably early January when the snow kind of comes a little bit more regular. That's the worst because it's just cold. You can't go outside because it's cold. Not because there's like this really cool silent element out there, which is snow, because I love the snow because it's so quiet. I can sit there and just like read and just look outside and you just don't hear nothing. Like, you know, at night you can walk around and you just like you just hear true silence and it's beautiful. I don't know, man, but yeah, but right now it's just it's just cold out. You know, you don't get that much snow. If it is, it's just kind of more of an inconvenience. It's just there. It's like a little like a dusting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that. I do love the fall. I love the spring. I'm not a huge fan of summer. Summer's my least favorite. That's just, I'm sorry. It's ranked fourth. It's easily number four. And it's like, I'm sorry. If you don't agree with me, I, I'm i sorry that you're wrong. You're very, very wrong. I think spring's the best because it's all about rebirth. And there's being, you know, ready, rejuvenated after a long winter. You shave once, you shave it down, and you say, I'm ready to kick the ass this year. And then you get to December, and you're like, I kicked no ass this year. But you know what? Come springtime, after this cold, I'll be ready to kick some ass. And then you just keep doing that cycle year in, year out. Year in, year out. Just thinking you're going to kick ass, and then you don't. <laughs> 
no, it's uh, like I said, it, it's always setting goals and then understanding that not all goals are to be obtained. It's always setting obtainable goals and setting a true like way up there. If I do everything right, this is what I want to be achieved. And then the only time to be disappointed is when you do achieve everything you wanted and you still didn't hit that goal. That would be something to be disappointed about. So that's why, like I said, I talked about with sobriety stuff, which I think we just, well, I think I'm on 20 day, yeah, it's 27 months today. Good for me. Great for me. Wonderful for me. Um... Yeah, like I said, it was uh, at first it was three months, and then it was six months, and then it became the year. Then it became, hey, let's just keep this motherfucker going, man. And that's where we're at. It's just we're keeping the MFR going. That's that's what we're. That's the stage of stuff we're on. Ultimately, the goal is to. I don't know what the sobriety goal is anymore, because there's not really one. It's just who I am. So cool for me, you know. Eventually. Because I made a change in life that eventually became just a part of my life. That wasn't a change. It was just became a part of my life. Which is pretty neat to actually look back on those journeys and stuff like that. And the doubts and all the downsides that eventually I turned into upsides and not kicked somebody else. <laughs> oh man, what a great, what a great, what a great show. But you know what's not a great show? All the freaking movies I watched this week. Like, being sick, I watched some movies, and I just kept putting stuff on, and I'm like, okay, this might be good. And, like, I wasn't even, like, I know me and Jake talked a couple weeks ago about how I watched, like, bad movies on purpose, like, B-movies. These were not, like, B-movies. These were, like, like actual releases, and I'm like, oh, maybe this could be good. And no, they just kept being bad. I'm like, this is so frustrating. <laughs> I'm trying to watch some good movies here and just kind of enjoy something. And no, it would always be bad. Like the TV shows I would watch. I watched some Bob's Burgers. I watched Arrested Development. I watched some comedies and stuff like that. Laughed. And it was a good time. I, you know, I'm always going to enjoy those. But yeah, I watched uh, Underwater with Kristen Stewart and uh, Vincent Cassell, who I love. I love Vincent Cassell. I love that he shows up and stuff. Um, what's the guy, the, the comedian, T.J. Miller? Isn't he a douchebag? Who fucking cares? Um... And it's set up like kind of like, oh, I remember this movie coming out a couple years ago. And it seemed like not something right up my alley, but in terms of like scary stuff, it's right up my alley. Because my biggest fear is the deep ocean. Like, you know, there's fucking monsters down there. And that's what this movie is about. Monsters at the bottom of the ocean. That's fucking terrifying, man. Uh, but it, it was so goddamn bad. I don't even know how it ended. I know Cthulhu showed up or something kind of based on Cthulhu. But I don't know. I think they should have kept it where... You don't really know what's down there. Because that is the scariest part of the deep ocean is you don't know what's waiting for you. It's so dark. The pressure's insane. Like, you know what I mean? That's the scary part of the deep ocean. Once you introduce this ridiculously huge mountainous monster that pops up from the bottom of the ocean and its little things, all the scary stuff's gone. Once you name it, it's like the fear is gone. They should have kept it where you're like, you have no idea what, like what these things are or if they're actually there. I don't know. And then like the other problem was I didn't give a shit about anybody. Not even Vincent Cassell. And I love Vincent Cassell. I've said it like four times now. But yeah, I just am like, oh, they gave him kind of like boilerplate kind of surface level stuff. It's like, oh, he's got a daughter. He wants to get back to the thing. So when he dies, you're going to be sad. Like, oh, he doesn't get to see his daughter anymore. Oh, these two kind of like each other, so you kind of rooting for them. I don't know who they are. I don't even know if they're a good fit. This guy survived to die three minutes later, just in a cool way. Because, like, one of the guys dies because uh, they have to get into the... Like, they're at the bottom of the ocean. There's these earthquakes going on. That's why they think it's, like, these earthquakes, they've done something, like, the crust or the earth shifting underneath the station, so it's causing all these problems. So, um... They have to get into these suits to walk across the bottom of the ocean to get to another station so they can get to the escape hatches to go up. Whatever. And then uh, as they're going down, one guy starts seeing cracks in his helmet. And uh, you're like, oh shit, he's done. Because, yeah, you get to that pressure. But the guy implodes. Like, he blows up. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, and it leads to the only good moment of the whole movie. The only good moment. Which I guess I take that back. The, the guy blowing up was pretty cool. But the only good human moment, the actually good character moment, was um, T.J. Miller's character starts laughing. And they're like, what are you laughing at? Like, you know, they're kind of mad at him for laughing at, you know, this guy just blew up. 
and he's like, oh, I, I keep thinking of this joke. He, the guy who died, he's like, oh, he used to tell this joke. He always used to come up to me and say, I've got this new joke, and then he would tell you the same exact joke over and over again. It was like this nice little moment that should have been in a better film. It was too good of a moment for the film that this was. I'd give this like a D-. minus. It was not good. I was like, duh. And by the end, I'm like, I still don't even know who this person is. Like, Kristen Stewart, I'm like, this character, I'm like, I don't know who you are as a person, as a character. It was not good. It was a bad movie. Then I followed that up with Twister. Twister is entertaining, at least. But it is a bad movie. And it's a very bad movie. (laughs) It's like this over-the-top action movie about Twisters, which is not a great premise, really. It's kind of dumb. And then Carrie Elwes is a bad guy for no reason. Like, the movie's the same with or without Carrie Elwes, so why have him there? Um, and then it's also supposed to be like almost like a slasher movie with a twister as the killer, as the Jason Voorhees, as the Michael Myers, the Freddy Krueger is the twister. It also doesn't kill anybody, not even the fucking cow that flies by twice. And then it does that lame thing where all this crazy stuff happens and everybody just has one-liners, like Helen Hunt said. Like there's one moment where, um... Their truck gets picked up. They're like underneath a little like rickety wooden bridge, and their truck gets pulled and like fl- thrown through the air. The bridge doesn't, where they're underneath conveniently, um, but the you know because the truck is literally crashed into the bridge, it's wedged into the bridge. The truck gets pulled out and up in the tornado. The bridge is fine. How convenient. I hate that shit. <laughs> but they come out it's like, "Where's my truck?" And then it lands on the road right in front of uh, Judy Greer. Not Judy Greer. Oh, shoot. She's the wife and still standing. Oh, damn it. Oh, come on. I'm going to have to look this up. Whatever. It lands in front of her and Helen Hunts is like, oh, there it is. It's like, this girl almost like wrecked and died right in front of you and you just crack a joke. Like, ugh. And then there's like the great scene... They talk about the different sizes of, like, uh, tornadoes. And, um, the new, ch- the, the Bill Paxton's new girlfriend or whatever says, has there ever been an F5? And everybody goes deathly silent. Like, oh my god, how dare you say this? Her dad died. Even though you had no way of knowing that. I hated it. <laughs> it's so stupid. What bails it out, though, is it does have a fantastic cast. Like, it is fantastic. Like, you know, obviously you got Helen Hunt, you've got Bill Paxton, Carrie Elwes, Jamie Gertz. There we go. Jamie Gertz. And then, like, depth in the cast. Alan Ruck's in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, Wait a second. I'm reading about this right now. What the? Get the fuck out of here. I'd have loved this just as much. As much as I love Philip Seymour Hoffman, they considered doing Garth Brooks, Mark Cuban, or Chris Farley for that character. All three of those would have been very interesting in that role. I would have loved to seen Farley in that. Because Farley only ever did like leads in comedies. It was like kind of a little side goofy, like over the top comedy character, like Billy Madison, stuff like that. So to see him in this would have been really interesting. Then Mark Cuban, what the fuck? And then Garth Brooks. I would love to see Garth Brooks in there. Standing outside the fire, man. We'll talk about that in a second. I had a random memory about some stuff. Um, I'll talk about Garth Brooks. I need to make a note of that. Note it, Brandon. But then after uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, whatever. Jeremy Davies is in it. Uh, I love Jeremy Davies. Up him in uh, Saving Private Ryan. He's been in so many great things. He's in Lost for a couple seasons. Um, Faraday. Uh, which I haven't done any more of the Lost rewatch yet. Yeah, It's like great, great stuff. And then Todd Field, who's a fantastic film writer. Wrote In the Bedroom. He's wrote some other stuff. I've directed stuff as well. I mean, he's, he's, he's really, really good. He's in this movie. Then there's other guys, like, deeper in this film. Um, shoot, I'm trying to think. Jake Busey was in it for a second. I was like, I remember he popped up. I'm like, is that Jake Busey? And it was. It really was. Patrick Fischler, uh, Joey Slotnick. Oh, man. There's one other person. I was like, oh, shit. That guy. Anthony Rapp's in it. That's right. Oh, come on, Brandon. There's one other person that I'm forgetting, isn't it? 
Oh, Abraham Ben Ruby, who's like he's like always plays either this big rough roughneck or just just giant human being. He's an ER. He's been in so many things over the years. Uh, but it was cool. But man, I would have that'd have been really interesting. And then Elwes character almost was Alec Baldwin, Hugh Lowry, Christopher McDonald, and Peter Green. Interesting. Let's see who else did they have almost in this movie. Laura Dern, Bridget Fonda, Kate Mulgrew, or Helen Hunt's character, Bill Paxton, other actors such as Michael Keaton, Kurt Russell, Mel Gibson, Kevin Costner, Dennis Quaid, John Travolta, Richard Gere, John, just the who's who of the like mid to late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Val Kilmer. I don't think Val Kilmer would have liked this movie at all. I think he would have had a lot of trouble in this role. He had to be kind of motivated by the role. He was kind of a Brando type. He is a kind of a Brando type, obviously. Hope you know. It's sad to see what kind of how much uh, uh, cancer has kind of ruined his like physical ability. Though his, like his usage in Top Top Gun Maverick is pretty fucking great. Um. Who would have worked the best outside of Bill Paxton? I think Dennis Quaid. Costner, I don't know. Costner, eh. I don't really care about Costner. John Travolta sucks. Uh, Nick Cage, obviously, would have been phenomenal. <laughs> I just want to know how he would deliver some of those lines when looking at a twister. Oh, man, I kind of need this movie to be remade with Nick Cage as the main guy. I need it now. And Bill Paxton, rest in peace. Oh, but good stuff here. Um, yeah, but the movie's not good. It's not good at all. It's just, I'm kind of like, this is dumb. <laughs> I know Storm Chasers exist, but it's just kind of ridiculous. Uh, but then, let's see. Oh, the Garth Brooks thing. Uh, so, I had this random memory of, like, because I did, like, the mid-90s country music last week. I have memories of the music videos they used to do back then. And how different they are now, like getting the same as an adult and understanding kind of more of what they meant or how, like, how I didn't understand what anything meant back then. There's Standing Outside the Fire, the song I referenced. The music video is about a guy with, obviously, learning difficulties. Um, I think he, uh, well, I think he actually has Down Syndrome, if I'm thinking correctly. Wanting to run track, and the dad doesn't want him to run track because he's just going to embarrass himself. And then the kid runs track and he falls over, but then the dad roots him on after he gets up and continues to run the race and finishes. And it's it's, it's very odd for the fact that this is a music video. <laughs> but there's another one. I can't remember the song, but I remember the music video plain as day. Um, it was like some g young girl. Maybe it's not She's a Wild One. It can't be. Uh, but there's like another one. Oh, shit. I think it's a female song. I have to. I'd have to go digging, man. But it's like young girl being rebellious, and then uh, she goes to like a party, and her mom picks her up. Then time for the bridge of the song. Turns out the mom has cancer, and she takes like her wig off, and she's dying, and all. Then they're at the hospital. I'm like, this is like thinking back now. I have this exact. I'm like, this is a fucking music video. What are we doing here? We're having character arcs in music videos. That's what they used to do with like um. Hip-hop videos all the time. They had the To Be Continued and it never went anywhere else. It was like, part one, To Be Continued on the next music video. And then the next music video would have nothing to do with it. I know Limp Biscuit did that for, like, uh, I think on Significant Other, that record. Like, all of them kind of led into each other. Like, you had Nookie where he gets arrested at the end. And then, if I'm thinking correctly, it was In Together Now where he's in prison. And then it led, led into something else. I can't remember. In Together Now is Method Man on it, right? I love Method Man. He's he's fantastic. He's a great rapper. And he's you're a pretty good actor, too. Whatever, man. I just remember that, though, with Midnight. They had, they had like these really epic tales in the middle of their music videos. And you're like, what the hell is going on now? You're watching it now, and you're like, what the fuck is this? This is ridiculous. Ridiculous, man. Oh, yeah, and then in Twister, the dad at the very beginning who gets sucked up in Tornado Helen Hunt's dad is the same dad from Varsity Blues of Paul Walker's dad who has the super, 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 like, high-pitched Texas accent voice. Oh, man. Varsity Blues. <laughs> I do love Varsity Blues. It's just goofy. 
what else did I watch, man? I tried to watch Poseidon. I got like 45 minutes in. I'm like, this is dumb. This is not good. I don't know, man. It's Wolfgang Peterson, rest in peace, but it's not good. It was very disappointing. I'm like, maybe this could be some fun. Like, I wasn't expecting the world of it, but... Eh. Eh. I said I showed up probably about 45 minutes. And I'm like, no, this is a waste. Then I watched Salt with Angelina Jolie, which I had pretty good hopes for. But, man, I got... It was coming up on the end. I'm like... I don't know, the way everything kind of was, the tension of everything, I'm like, we're heading towards the end of this movie, aren't we? And I checked, it was like 20 minutes in, I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck is happening right now. Leif Schreiber's the bad guy? Whatever. In the, uh, I don't know. So, I don't know, man. I just had very bad luck this week watching films. And then I didn't watch anything of note TV-wise. Um, I still haven't got around to watching the rest of House of Dragon. Um... And I haven't got farther in the Lost Rewatch. I did listen to Booker T and the MGs the other day. That was fun. And like I said, I've been working on the computer stuff and getting all that done. Still working on outlines for the big projects. I hope they get done in the next six months or so, hopefully. I don't know. Who knows where that's going to go or where we're going to get to with those things. Is that on my screen? That is on my screen. I thought I had a big fucking nail sitting on my wall. Whatever, man. Do I have anything else tonight, guys? Do I? Do I? I don't know. I said, don't watch any of the movies I talked about. I, I guess I, I guess Twister is just entertaining enough to like kind of kick back. You got nothing else to do. You can't really figure of anything to watch. That might be one to be. I'd be okay with. But the other ones, nah, not worth it. Just checking. Uh, but I guess, yeah, one more time. With feeling, thank you once again for everybody who's been listening. We passed 1,000 listeners this week. Or 1,000 listens. I shouldn't say listeners. 1,000 listens. Um, so if you've been with me since day one, son, thank you. If you've been with me since day two, thank you. And if you're with me on day whatever this is of this podcast, thank you. You know, thank everybody. Every single listen is important to me. So I do want to th- like take that little quick second to say thank you to many thousand more listens or whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're having a good time here. So let's jump into the songs of the week. Uh, we're going. Uh, how are we going to do this one this week, Brandon? Huh? How are we going to do this little list? I think we're going to the because, like I said, since it's gotten a little bit colder outside, like a little bit more reflective in the song choices here. Um, I've been thinking a lot. I talked a little bit about it last week. This is England, and uh, there's a song off "This Is England '88" at the very end when Woody and Lowell get back together finally, and it's after some very heavy stuff. I I will always suggest to watch "This Is England," but at the same time, if you are very sensitive to certain things, suicides. Uh, you know, assault, very heavy, heavy subject matter. Be warned that that show deals a lot with stuff like that. Um, still a very entertaining show. There's a lot of stuff I laugh my ass off at. But at the same time, it earns those big moments. Like those funny moments. The the dialogue Shane Meadows comes up with is just phenomenal. The tension in scenes, the kind of just that... Those huge moments in life are paid off so well in his shows. Uh, you can tell these, I don't know, there's like deep scars and stuff like that. Like I said, the 83, which is the film, um, is all about kind of the skinhead movement in the 80s and the breaking off from between the skinheads who are all inclusive to the racist skinheads and stuff like that. And eventually it leads to kind of a huge moment because... The main character, played by Thomas Turgus, is based on Shane Meadows and how he's super young. I think he's only like I think he's only supposed to be like nine or ten in the movie, maybe eleven. Um, how influenced he kind of got from like these very charismatic racist people who were like you know just kind of trying to integrate themselves into the society. Like, oh, don't you believe you're actually English? And like you know just kind of taking young kids who don't know any better and trying to force like kind of influence them into being you know, these pieces of shit. And then eventually what happens there at the end is like a bad beating and stuff like that. 
And then Thomas Turgoose kind of goes off and he's like, he doesn't want really anything to do with him anymore because he feels he has like guilt about the whole thing. And then 86, he gets back together with everybody. It's a good time, fun time, all about the World Cup. And then 88 is all about some fallout from the 86 one. It's it's great. You have to watch it. If you can find it anywhere, watch it. It's just, it's wondrous. It's some of my favorite media ever. Um, but I just, I haven't watched it in a long time. Just one, I don't have it anywhere. I don't have it on, like, Blu-ray. It's not available anywhere. I'd have to legally download it. I don't want to. I just need to buy it somewhere. But, um... I came across a video on YouTube of the scene at the end of 88 when Woody and Lowell finally kind of reconnect. And it's such a beautiful scene, and it's such a beautiful song. The song I also very identify with because it's all about somebody who's kind of going off the rails in life. I'm typing into the wrong one again. Somebody whose life's kind of going off the rails, and it kind of seems like the song could be from the point of view of the singer singing to somebody else or singing to himself in the mirror even. So it's called Dogwood Blossom. It's by Fionn Regan, who I'm going to assume is an Irish person. <laughs> uh, it's off his 100 Acres of Sycamore record, which is 2011. Uh, it's, a, it's an absolutely beautiful song. So this is Dogwood Blossom by Fionn Regan. Truly great song. I love those strings there at the end. Kind of, uh, the, by, I'm going to assume a cello. I don't know anything about the strings, really. <laughs> like, the difference between like, cellos and violins. I mean, I know the difference when I see them, but I mean, the sound, I'm pretty sure that's a cello. Speaking of cellos, uh, Karaoke Chris sent me a band. Was it Lung? I think it's Lung is the name of the band. Fucking oddly wonderful. Uh, very odd, very wonderful. It's just two-piece drums and an electric cello that the, the lead singer, um, I believe... I believe it's a chick. Um, turns into some wild sounds. Like, there's cards I'm like, we're not listening to a cello. There's no way. And it's like, yep, that's what we're listening to. It's great. But anyway, this Fionn Regan song. There's the, it's a, it's a truly beautiful song. Like I said, it's somebody who can definitely identify with this stuff here. Um, you know, especially that second verse. And then, you know, he talks about the bottles and brown paper in her mouth that slurs. Somebody obviously losing themselves in alcoholism. Um, you know, this one I think he's singing to like to somebody. This one I kind of feel like it'd be something I'd be telling myself. You know, darling, that damn's gonna give. It's inevitable the way that you live. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, oof. What happens when you're in too deep to break? Loneliness keeps you constantly awake. What happens when the passage of time appears and you see yourself as a child? It brings you to tears. I've been in that moment where, you know, you're kind of looking at when you're deep in, like, the darker shit. You kind of look at, you look at old photos, or you just look at, especially, like, pictures of when you're young. Some people have that problem all the time, but, you know, especially when you're dark, it's just like, where did I go wrong? How did the kid that was this, like, turn into me and stuff? It, it's rough. And then, uh, you know, you say you're troubled and you always have been uncomfortable in your own skin. So you contemplate the riverbed, turn off the dark thoughts in your head. Oh, cool. Well, as somebody who contemplates throwing himself off shit all the time. Um, not as much anymore, thankfully, but it still happens from time to time. Idolations, I always feel like, is always kind of going to be there. But, you know, we work on it. Work on it, try to get better. Uh, whatever. Yeah, it, it's 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 a truly beautiful song. Uh, great song. And like I said, if you watch the show, like, holy shit, this song punches you in the face. <laughs> like, it does. It just completely, like, just punches you in the face like... So hard. It's a beautiful little song. Um, two seconds. Song number two is another song I love to listen to. Um, around this time of year, it's a record I love listening to this time of year. You're probably going this 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 group was only together one record. Um, the Horrible Crows. It was just like a side project for Brian Fallon and Ian Perkins, who eventually kind of became the fifth member of Gaslight Anthem. Um, they did this, and I like how Brian's like, you know, I always had these dreams of being Bruce Springsteen, that's what Gaslight's for. He's like, but I also have dreams of being Tom Waits. And that's what The Horrible Crows is for. It's this Tom Waits record. Um, this is off Elsie from 2011, right? This is one of the first, like, oh, man. This was, mm, this is, mm, great, great record. One of my all-time favorite records. Like, probably a top six or seven record of all time. I picked the uh, song number three. It was the opening uh, opening single from it. it. was called Behold the Hurricane. 
It's a great record for the winter time. Great record for the kind of cold. It's definitely kind of that reflective. I mean, I think it's kind of telling a story, man. It's, it's got. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna do some more digging with Elsie. We're gonna be talking about Elsie quite a bit this winter, man. So get ready for that. So this is "Behold the Hurricane" by uh, the Horrible Crows, 2011, off Elsie. One of my favorite tracks, maybe of all time. Like I absolutely love "Behold the Hurricane." This whole record is pretty much perfect. It is so different from the Gaslight Anthem, so it's like it's one of those... I always hate when there's side projects by certain artists, and it's like it's basically the same thing as their main thing. As You know, I always think Matt Skiba in The Secrets. I mean, it's basically Alkaline Trio, except a little more synthy. Um, so it's never that. It's like, I guess Plus 44 is kind of more out of a necessity than, because Plus 44 is Blink-182. <laughs> but that was just because, you know, obviously Tom quit. Um, yeah, there's so many, like, and they're also, like, some guys just making the acoustic record. I'm like, you could have done this kind of still as this main group, and it wouldn't have been that far off, but whatever. The Horrible Crows were something that really did just kind of work, because they was so different. This is not something that Gaslight Anthem could have done. And, man, this song, I like the he plays a lot with, like, kind of the idea of, like, uh, saviors and relationships and stuff like that, and, uh, this one plays on it well, and, um... This is like kind of longing and not being able to let go and being kind of trapped by your inability to let go, I guess. So I know that feeling. Uh, so, you know, what a pity the season. Do you remember me, my lover? I don't recognize myself. I'm not the man you love. Behold the hurricane. Like, that's some good shit there. Brian wrote some, ins- he still writes some great tracks. Like, I know his past few records, uh, Local Honey and uh, Sleepwalkers had some great tracks on it. His solo stuff after Gaslight kind of dissolved, but they're back together, and I need to go see him. I have never seen Brian Fallon or the Gaslight Anthem live. It just blows my mind. Blows my mind. That was, uh, I was going to go see him in Toronto. I almost had bought tickets. I went and got my passport already for it. And then COVID hit, so that's that's uh, that's how I yeah. So, man, but God, you know I I saw the heavens and the earth cry over you. Yeah, that's like I said, he plays with the ideas of saviors and relationships and stuff like that. Like you know, he was so attached to her that you know, without her, he is doomed to nothing and kind of doomed to his misery. This is oh, this is such a great record. Like like I said, we're going to be talking about this record a lot because th- every single song on this record is perfect, in my opinion. Like Last Rites is only a minute and a half long, but it's a perfect minute and a half. I believe Jesus brought us together. Like is a great song about fate and kind of all that fun stuff. Like I said, oh, it's just perfection. It really is a perfect record. Uh, it's probably like top seven, top. I mean, I probably like the Fifty Nine Sound more. But I think Elsie's a better record. Like, I think the music is... I, th- I think it's just a better record. I definitely... Obviously, with the subject matter, it's easier... It's much more accessible to get in the 59 sound. It's more about cars and women <laughs> in the 50s and Springsteen. And it's great. Whereas Elsie's a little bit more just kind of in the doldrums, man. It's great. Fun fact, the... Uh, the uh, the music video for Behold the Hurricane has Benjamin Stark, or Arda, not Arda, what is his name from fucking Rings of Power? I keep forgetting his name in his real life, but yeah, he's Benjamin Stark in Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's what, that was the joke. That was like the first comment, like, on YouTube was always like, oh, we finally found out what happened to Benjamin. <laughs> what a great joke. <laughs> oh, man, the internet's funny. Not really. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the last song of the evening, isn't it? And it's 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 a jam. It's a jam. It's one of my favorite jams. It's from the Drive-By Truckers. Like, it popped on a couple weeks ago, I think on the radio. I think it was a Hold Steady thing, and it flipped over to them. And, oh, it's off. It's off Decoration Day. I think the last few times I've picked them, it's been, everything's been off Decoration Day, right? Yeah, did like, Do It Yourself, When Dependence Hits the Shell. This one is Marry Me. This is one of Mike Cooley's best songs. Like, it's it's just a great rock track. It's a rock and roll jam. It's got some wonderful, wonderful lines. Some of them funny. Some of them pretty, not eye-opening, but they're like, yeah, yeah, man, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. I love Mike. Mike is one of my favorite people ever. I think I've, I've talked about this. Mike Cooley's one of those guys I could not interview because I would just gush the entire time. But like, oh, my God, it's Mike Cooley. I don't even know if I could ask him questions. 
like I said, he's more of like a he's more of a dream than an actual person. You know what I mean? He's a legend. He's one of those people where a hundred years from now, nobody will really know if he existed or not. He's a Paul Bunyan. He's he's a folk legend, man. But this is "Marry Me" off of uh, the old uh, Mar- uh, Decoration Day by the Drive By Truckers, two thousand three. What a great track, man. Some great guitar work. And like I said, it's just like a good boogie. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just top notch, man. So this is Drive By Truckers, Marry Me. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. It's a great jump off point for the Drive By Truckers. If you've never gotten to the Drive By Truckers, Marry Me is a great song to jump into. That If you want to get into the Mike Cooley stuff, Marry Me, Zip City, those are like the two easy ones to jump off into. I don't think I've talked about Zip City, have I? I don't think I have. Oh boy. I've got some Cooley stuff to talk to you guys about in the future. <laughs> <laughs> man, Marry Me is one of my absolute favorite drive-by trucker songs. It's just a jam. There's like that one, Shut Your Mouth and Get On the Plane, all about Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Which is that whole record, uh, Southern Rock Opera, is built around Leonard Skinner, the, the plane crash. Oh, but Marry Me, man, that fucking opening line. What an opening line. It's just an ass-kicker of an opening line. My daddy didn't pull out, and he never apologized. Rock and roll means well, but it can't help telling young boys lies. You're damn right, man. So many kids, so many young people get like caught up in that rock and roll music, man. The devil's music, man. And it's good shit, though. It's good shit, isn't it? Oh, man. It's, it's just... Uh... <laughs> and I love that bridge so much. It's just it's a great track. Like I said, it's... Let's see. I'm trying to think of Decoration Day. That might... Nah, hell no, I ain't happy. He's got great use of those three guitars, but like Mary Me's kind of the first iconic one. Ah, no, I take that back. Hell no, I ain't happy. He's pretty iconic for the drive-by trucker fandom. Um, uh, then you have that fuck that last line is how I've always tried to live my life of the of the ver- of the not the chorus the uh, the bridge there. <laughs> you know, that's how I've always tried to lead my life, and some people say that about me. They don't use these exact words, but they kind of say this. What is that like? A, not a metaphor, but they're saying the same thing using different words. You know, what similes? I guess right. I don't fucking know English class. Just cause I don't run my mouth, don't mean I got nothing to say. Hell yes. <laughs> it's got that sweet line at the um. In the verse two, where it's uh, I'd rather be your fool nowhere, than go somewhere and be no one's. That's a good one. Yeah, man. Like I said, Mike Cooley's just a he's just a southern rock god. He is like, like I absolutely adore Jason Isbell and Patterson Hood. Like they are fucking unbelievable. Cooley to me is another level. He just is. He is just different. <laughs> he just got the coolest shit. And I, I don't know if it's just the way he handles himself, but it, it, it's part of it, man. You know? Ah, oh, man. Ah, uh, jeez, the fuck. I, I can't talk about Marry Me that much, man. It's just a great song. You heard it. You heard why it's so great, because it's a great song, man. Oh, Drive-By Truckers. I had never seen them, and I've seen them twice last, you know, over like the last past year, basically. Almost went and decided to see them again when they're at Louisville for that bourbon and barrel festival, but, you know, it's just... Every festival now is like, let's see how drunk everybody can get, guys. <laughs> Look at this. This is culture. We're drunk. Get it? Uh. Lame-ass mother. You know what? I'm trying, Mom. Uh. I guess that's it for me tonight, isn't it? Yeah, so we got the three songs of the week. We had Fionn Regan. We had, um, maybe Reagan. I don't know. Irish people pronounce things. Um, then we had uh, Horrible Crows, which we'll talk about more. Then we had uh, Drive-By Truckers, Marry Me, great stuff. Did I say the opening track tonight? I don't think I did. It it, it was a Spanish love song, Self-Destruction. Oh, what's the name of that whole song? That's the name of the song, Self-Destruction, but they have a fun little thing on the back of it. I keep typing into the wrong freaking keyboard. I need to get this place cleaned up because this place has turned into a disaster zone again, like quickly. Self-Destruction as a Sensible Career Choice. That was the opening song of the night by Spanish Love Songs. Great track, great record, great band from Philly, if I'm thinking correctly. Oh, and then a couple weeks ago, I was talking about Feral Vices. I had them as an opening track. They're from Louisville. I did not. I don't know why I forgot that. I think I said they're from Texas. No, they're from Louisville, Kentucky. So cool. And then that lung band I was talking about with the electric cello, they're from Cincy, Cincinnati. We got some wild shit happening here in the Midwest, man. Yeah, everybody thinks it's flyover country. Nah, it's 
crazy ass music country, bro. Not country music, but you know, well, probably some fucking bad country music too. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Oh man, that's it for me tonight. We're running to the end. I got an hour out of this fucking thing. I don't know, dude. I don't know how I do this. I'm pretty freaking magnificent. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard, spread the good word. Let everybody know what's going on here, man. And uh, once again, you know, if you're going through some troubles because it's getting that time of year where it's getting cold, it's getting lonely and all that fun stuff, make sure you're reaching out to people who can help. Um, there's a lot of people out there who are willing to help, willing to listen. You don't even understand how many people are really willing to help out and listen until you actually reach out. So, you know, never think you're actually alone there, people. Uh, like I said, if you can't figure out who else to reach out to, reach out to me. I don't judge you whatsoever. Like, I don't, you know, unless you tell me, obviously, there's the one thing that I'm not a big fan of, and just don't tell me you're a pedophile. If you tell me you're a pedophile, I'm like, hey, talk to somebody else, because, uh, you're dead to me. Um... <laughs> Uh, anyways, that's it for me. Once again, congratulations to Patrice Bergeron on a thousand points. Um, yeah, reach out if you need help. Reach out if you want to be a guest on the podcast. Reach out if you have questions or answers or just whatever, man. If you just want to chat, hang out, do cool things. Like I said, I can always invite people on here mid-show if I want to. Uh, then other than that, let's see, stay positive, get better, enjoy your week, next week we'll have three songs of the week, um, I'm working on a couple guests, but we might be a few weeks away from that, I'm trying to get my life in order here, man, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing, I gotta go down to Portsmouth this week, I gotta go down this week, so, whatever, um, yeah, if you want to hang out with Portsmouth, let me know. Other than that, once again, thank you so much for helping me get past a thousand listeners. Uh, it's pretty cool. I literally thought I'd maybe get like a hundred listens ever, <laughs> and I'm over a thousand. So pretty cool for me. Other than that, have a great rest of your week. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Understanding? Did I say that? I don't care. Peace out, Girl Scouts.